0: All right, good morning. Hope you guys are doing well. Excited to be here. Excited that you guys are here. Um, If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Justin Fanoff. Um, I'm on the teaching team here. Uh, I love being a part of the teaching team. I love uh, to be a part of this series that we're in, uh, talking about grace and the security that we find in that. Um, And I don't know about you, uh, but just a small callback here. I feel like Tyler missed an opportunity to say that he was hesitant to do this video right? I think you missed an opportunity. By the way, that actually was told to me by my wife in case you're wondering why I married her. That's it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to be a part of our, our series that we're doing here, um, talking about the security that we have in the grace of God, this grace of God that we have. We've been, we've been looking at it, Tyler, uh, Pastor Caleb kind of gave us the definition of security, what it kind of looks like. We have times in our lives, um, probably I think all of us have experienced different times in our lives where we felt secure, we felt okay in things, whether externally, right, with some situation that we have going on wherever we are. Okay? And internally, I hope that you guys have had times where you felt some security internally where you are, some confidence in where you are. Um, But you know, a lot of us um, have, or in all of us, have experienced times that we felt insecure, right? And obviously that is uh, externally as well in a situation, you know, Uh, and sometimes it, there's a, you know, a lot of times there can be insecurity more inside, right? Our hearts and our minds and the things that we're struggling with, you know, you want to think about like the, the, one of the things that we think immediately about is I'm in, I'm in a situation with a bunch of people all around in a big group and I see police around the perimeter, and I see a lot of security around, I feel a little more secure. I hope you guys would feel a little bit more secure about you being in that situation, right? And so if we think about our internally, and do I have that? Do I have that sense of, like, there's, you know, a surrounding security around me, right? But for many of us, we kind of feel like, I don't even know that I have a mall cop, right? Right? Like, I feel so insecure. Like, I don't even know that I, right? So, and that's a reality. That's a reality of where we are in our lives. So I want to pray for us as we kind of get into this. And really, um, I kind of want to do a couple things this morning um, that, I'll, that I'll talk about after we pray. So let's, let's pray here. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have here this morning um, to just learn from you. And um, I ask that you just speak through me, um, that I could just be that vessel that I would get out of the way, um, and that you would be able to just touch our hearts and our minds and help us with the understanding of the security we have um, in your grace, in your love, and in your mercy. I uh, so pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so again, grace, finding security in love. And love, right, love is action. Love is actionable. It's not a passive thing, right? And a part of love, mercy and grace, when you, you hear those terms a lot when we talk about God, right, his love, his grace, his mercy, those grace and mercy are really a piece of that love, Jesus obviously being the best example that we can look at. But what I wanted to do, just to kind of help us frame a little bit, okay, we've been talking about this idea of security, but sometimes we get a little bit more mixed up on the mercy and the grace kind of piece. So I wanted to kind of show us real quick this idea of what mercy and grace look like. So mercy is this idea of not getting something that you deserve. You done messed up, right? And maybe according to law, according to you know, the ways things work, so to speak, there's something that you should get as a consequence or as a result, but you don't. You don't get that, right? That's, that's the idea of mercy, right? Grace a lot of what we're talking about in this series here, grace is getting something you don't deserve. I didn't do anything. I didn't earn this. I didn't do the work for this. I didn't pay for this, but I'm getting it anyway. That's grace. That's grace, right? Mercy is not getting something you deserve. Grace, getting something you don't deserve, right? So when we think about it in the context of Jesus, right, God loves us so much, He does not want us to be separated from him. He wants us to be back in a relationship with him. He wants us to be walking with him, right? But that can't happen without a payment, without a sacrifice. So he sends his one and only son, Jesus, right? And when Jesus comes, the mercy piece of it is that we deserve, because of our sin, the brokenness in our lives, we deserve death. Biblically, death being the sense of being eternally separated from God, not being in a relationship with him ever, right? Kind of the idea of death in that. But Jesus takes that away. Jesus takes that. Now, he conquers death, thank the Lord, right? He conquers death, but he takes this idea of death away from us and gives us the opportunity to believe in him and then walk with him and come back into God's family where death is no longer a part of the picture, that we now have the eternal gift of the eternal relationship with him for all eternity, right? So that's the mercy piece of it, and the grace piece of it is what I just said, that eternal gift of eternal life. We did nothing, and there's nothing we can do to earn that, to earn that, and that's the security that God desires for us to feel in that time. But, so I want us to kind of dwell on this a little bit and what it takes to kind of be a part of that, right? What it looks like. And Jesus gives us a great analogy in the main passage that we'll be looking at today of what it looks like to, tr- to remain consistent and constant with this. But the other thing that I want to do, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, okay, is I want to acknowledge something up front, Okay. There's truth in the grace and mercy that we have in the love of Jesus and what he's done for us. But there's, a different, there's another truth that can be true at the exact same time, and that's this. This is hard. This is really hard. It's one thing for me to say it up here. It's a different thing to feel it, to do it, to actually believe it and accept it. And we'll talk about that a little bit more but one of the things that Jesus does tell us as he preached and as he taught is that the thing that you can do that is going to help you overcome this truth is remain in me. Be constant. It's not a here and there kind of thing, right? If you think about the fuel that you need to put into your car, is that an every once in a while thing? No. Now, for some of us, you know, it feels like it kind of is because we get into our car and our spouse left it on the gas light on, and now we have to take care of that, right? But the point is you still have to go get gas, and that's a regular thing. That can't be a sporadic thing, right? Or our food. Food is fuel for our bodies, right? That's got to be a constant thing. It can't be an every now and then thing. And even if we push the limits, right, we see what happens for those of us that get hangry, right? Like, so you see we're getting, you know, fuel light, angry. Like, we're, we're even getting signals of like, hey, we got to take care of this. So if we're thinking of it in that way, we have to think of our relationship and our connection to Jesus in the same way, in the same way. And so he talks about this in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, um, he's with his disciples. This is actually a part of the Last Supper. So I don't know if this was before or after Da Vinci did the painting. But they're sitting there. And Jesus is talking to them, and he's relaying some things that are really, really important for them to understand before he's going to go to the cross, which, by the way, they don't know. Remember that. Like, we think about that when we read these scriptures sometimes. The disciples have no idea that's what's coming. Right? So he's really making sure that he is hitting this stuff really hard. And he uses an analogy that I think is really helpful for us. It was definitely helpful for them because it's something that was a huge part of culture and economics and stuff of the day, and that's a vineyard. Okay? And so he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Okay? We can, we can kind of picture that. We've seen a grapevine. Some of you heard it through the grapevine. Right? And so we, we, we know, we understand what this looks like okay? We understand what this looks like. But what he's using it as is this idea, and it's actually very similar to what Pastor Tyler talked about in Jeremiah 17, the idea of of a tree right on the river where the roots go down into the water, and it just flourishes because it has that constant source of life. It has that constant source of life, right? A tree's not going to go, hey, this is great, but I'd like to try somewhere else, pull its roots up, and go somewhere else. It's like, no, I'm good here right i got everything i need right here and in the same way a vine provides the nutrients that's where these branches that then hold the grapes in this particular analogy get all of the nutrients but can the can the branch break off and be successful Not really, no, because now it lacks the nutrients. It's not getting the nutrients it needs. So I'm the vine, you are the branches. Jesus, the vine, we are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And this word remain, this idea of abide, we don't even have like a great English word for this coming out of the Greek because it's literally this idea of I don't even know where, you know, when you think of a vine, some of you might not even have thought of branches, right? You just think, a vine; it's all one piece, right? And that's actually kind of a good picture because, you know, the whole idea of abide and remain and stay in this work comes out of, you know, the kind of the Greek translation is that I don't know where God begins and you end or you end and God begins. It's all one piece because you are constantly connected. You're being consistent with that. So that's what he's talking about here. And we're going to produce fruit out of that. The grapes will be, will be what is desired when we are in him. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered in a pile to be burned. Which sounds like really intense, like holy cow, Jesus, <laughs> take her easy, you know? But, but what he's saying, he's just trying to emphasize the point that when you are not a part of the vine, you will not be able to do and accept and understand and even feel and have the emotions of being a part of what Jesus is doing in his life and what he desires for us, right? When we are away from that, all of those other things come into play. Insecurity, self-esteem issues, you know, lack of confidence. All of those things come into play because we are not a part of that. And he goes on in verse 8 and he says, But, thankfully, (laughs) right? But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So I love, I love this when it's like, when you are in me, when you're getting the nutrients, when you're connected to me and my words remain in you, you can ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And I think that's so important to remember for us and we're gonna push in on that. And this doesn't mean, if you guys have heard this term before, this doesn't mean God is a cosmic vending machine. Okay, that's not what this is talking about. That's not like, ah man, you know, I'm going to ask for this this material thing that I want. Now, sometimes, you know, if we're walking in faith, we also get those things. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. But the point is that your focus is on the things that you know he desires for us. So if understanding and accepting God's grace and mercy as a part of his love is a struggle for you, and by the way, that's okay, it's understandable, there's no judgment in that, okay, then we are asking, he is saying, like we just sang about, right? I am fighting on my knees because that is the picture of submission and surrender to God because I cannot do this by myself. I can't. I can't even feel secure, Lord. Why? Why am I struggling with this? But if you ask, and if you have that connection with him and if you're talking to him, and it's a constant thing. And the Apostle Paul talks about it. This is a part of what he talks about in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17. He says, you know, pray continually. That's what he's getting at is that there has to be a constant, constant relationship, a constant connection. He goes on in verse 9 here and he says, I have loved you. Even as the Father has loved me, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. And this is not a conditional statement, right? This is not a if you do this, then this kind of thing. This is simply saying, like, if you think about it as a parent, right, your Example, or you walking out your love for somebody else is your belief in their love for you. And if I'm asking my kids to do something, part of it's not just do it because I said okay? It's so much deeper than that. It's nice that they do that, obviously, but like it's so much deeper than that. It's that I, we have certain rules in the house or we have certain things that I'm asking you to do and the obedience part of that is a product of your love. And that's what Jesus is saying because he's doing a really, really hard mission himself right now in this moment when he's talking. He knows what's coming and it's not going to be easy. He himself asks the Lord to take this cup from him. That's how hard it is. Right? He knows that and yet He's saying, but out of my abundant love and obedience for my Father, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to walk it out. That's what he's talking about here because he's not talking about he's going to walk away from us. What he's talking about is if you're not remaining in his love, if you're not obeying the commandments, that's you walking away from him. He doesn't go anywhere. He's always there. But if you're the one walking away, you're getting further and further from those nutrients. It's harder to feel them affecting you positively when you are further away So to just kind of wrap up our little piece here in John 15, in verse 11, he goes on and he says, "Um, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends, which of course he's getting ready to do, the ultimate example for that. But something I want to talk about here is before we can ever do this for somebody else, we have to understand what's been done for us, right? You can't just do this without understanding which is all of those nutrients and accepting and not fully understanding because sometimes we're not going to fully understand, but getting a sense of what Jesus has done for you because I'm not going to be able to produce the fruit that God wants me to for other people and loving them without me understanding it in, in a sense that, you know, God is helping me with that, Right? So some of being fruitful is not just how I'm you know, positively affecting other people and loving them. Some of being fruitful is that I, in myself, am connected with God, and I, in the way that he's helping me, understand the grace and the love and the mercy that I have from him. Because without that, we, we, we used to say in—maybe in, in, they still say it—in uh, River Kids. Um, but they'd say, like, you know, we have our volunteers that are amazing, and they, they, you know, are with the kids, but we also want them to be connected to the worship service when they can because you can't feed others without being fed. At some point, your bucket's empty, and you're done. Right? So you've, this is so important that we understand. If, and Tyler has said this. If there's any place in our life that we can be selfish with something— in the sense that we're just like, I need this more, I need this more, I need this more, I need this more. It is us on our knees asking God, please, please help me to understand this grace that you give me. But that's hard. This is really hard to practically walk out because you say, that's great, Justin. That's great. I hear you. It's not that I don't hear you. But there is nothing in my life that has happened to me that I feel is gracious. My life has been hard, and I don't understand God's grace in that. And I'm struggling with that. And I just want you guys to know that we hear you. We don't ever want it to be that it feels like Pastor Tyler and I and Caleb are up here going, hey, do this, and then you're good. And that's it. This is really hard. And I wanted to acknowledge that. Can I confess something to you guys right now? Oh, thank you. (laughs) I feel and felt really insecure about this today. I don't always, but today I did. Still kind of do. Not because I don't know how to talk. Clearly I do. But because I find this to be really important and a big responsibility, and I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess it up. And I know that God can work through me. I know like I know these things in my heart. I know them. But I'm still sitting here feeling insecure and going, God, I'm I'm struggling with your grace right now. Help me to understand it more. We all struggle with this. I don't feel a part of the vine, maybe some of you feel like. So I want to kind of just land with David really quick because I can't recommend enough, along with a lot of other things, walking through some of the Psalms with David himself because David, who by the way was described by God as a man after his own heart, so you know where he stood with God, right? A man after his own heart. And what I absolutely love about the Psalms being included in Scripture is that we get a chance to see David walk this out. Walk this out. Because it's hard. It's a struggle. And not for a minute do we want to think that we can just say God's grace is great and then our life is good. So a couple of just little things, and we don't have time to kind of get into the, you know, the whole thing, but um, in Psalm 51, we see David has just committed adultery, and then he's had the woman who uh, he committed adultery with, his husband, killed. Not great. Not great, okay? That's, I don't know if you guys have ever been a part of something that intense, but that's not a good thing, right? And then prophet Nathan, God sends the prophet Nathan to call him out on it, to call him out on it, and he accepts it, and he goes, you are totally right, God, you are totally right. So here, I want to highlight a couple things. This one, in Psalm 51, is David trying to reconcile and, trying to, and struggling with God back and forth on how can I have your grace when I'm messed up this bad? how is your grace enough to cover this? I I don't understand how it is. It can't be. I really messed up, God. But he comes to this towards the end of Psalm 51, and I encourage you guys to read the whole thing because it's a really, really beautiful connection with David and his Lord. He says, you do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. Remember, this is Old Testament, so he's talking about literally the sacrificial system that the law set up. You do not want a burnt offering. It's not about the sacrifice of the animal. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. So if that's you and you've messed up and you're struggling with the idea of like, how in the world can I have God's grace? Because I really messed this up. I hurt a lot of people or one person or whatever it might be. Or maybe I did something and nobody knows about it and that's like weighing on me, the guilt of that, right? God is saying, just like come to me. And I don't even say that in a trite way. I'm saying like David understood like I don't understand it, but I'm just going to be on my knees asking for understanding and clarity on this because I right now don't understand how your grace can cover me. But him remaining connected like it talks about in John 15 is him going, but I'm going to talk to you about it, Lord. I'm going to talk to you about it. So if that's you, talk to God about it. He's a big boy. He can handle it. Talk to him. Include him. We want to run away and we want to go, I don't think his grace can cover this, so I don't know, if I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to kind of talk to him. No, that's the safest person you can talk to. Safest being you can talk to. Talk to him about it. Struggle about it. Yell at him. Cry. On your knees. On your belly. On your back. Whatever it is. Talk to him about it. Because His grace can cover you, but it's hard to understand that. We might think this this is something that we might think. I know I'm supposed to feel secure in the grace of God, but my entire life has felt anything but secure, so I struggle to understand His grace. Maybe that's you, right now. That's real, that's true. We wanna acknowledge that. We don't wanna be a place, a part of us being a safe place as this community here in this church. It's us acknowledging this more and more that this is hard. We want to talk about what it means to get out of this kind of stuff and how we can do that, but the understanding of the practicality of that is very difficult. And we want to acknowledge that because it is. And in the other piece that we see with David, so we had, him, he messed up. He messed up. We see about in Psalm 51. And then in Psalm 5, what we see is something a little more external. Something a little bit more external. Here, if you guys, you know, really quickly, uh, one of David's sons, Absalom, grew up, and now he's trying to take over the kingdom from David. David's still alive, by the way. (laughs) Like, so it's not a great thing. He's kind of a coup kind of idea, right? So he's on the run from his own son. He's on the run from his own son. This is an external piece happening to him. And he says in Psalm 5, the first three verses here, he says, Lord, Hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning, my groaning. Listen to my cry for help. Does that sound like a secure person? Not at all. But he's still coming. My king and my God, for I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly, which also tells us He doesn't always hear the answer he's hoping for. But what does he do? He comes back, and he comes back, and he comes back, and he comes back, and he comes back back to God. He messed up. He's on his knees. God, I don't understand how your grace can cover the things that I have done. But if you talk to him about it, you'll find that they do. It takes time. We understand it takes time. And it's okay that it takes time. And it's okay that you're struggling with it. That's reality. That's life. We just don't want each other to stay there. We want to walk this out together. So we come to Him each and every day. More than once a day, maybe even. Lord, I messed up. How can your grace even cover me? And Lord, my life has been awful. I have had so many things that have happened some of my own decisions, some of the stuff that I couldn't control. I've never felt secure. Please help me feel secure. But the piece of it that we see with David is he always includes God. He always remembers his place as a part of the vine and that the true vine is his Lord. And I'm not, this is not a snap of a finger because two things can be true at the same time his love and his grace are true you will never feel more secure than when they are fully part of you that is true and that is what we're talking about in this series but or probably more accurately and because this is true we want to acknowledge that that's reality for some of us which is great but the reality for a lot of us is none of this because it doesn't just happen with the snap of a finger Even when we're going to the Lord, as we saw with David in Psalm 5, he's waiting expectantly, meaning he doesn't always get the answer that he's hoping for on that day or at that time, but he stays consistent with us. And we've been talking so much during this year about remaining in Scripture and remaining in prayer. That's why it's so important, so that we're connected, so that even if we're not quite there yet, we're still on the path to hoping to understand it more. want to talk to God. That's the most important person, most important being that you can include and talk to. But what's also amazing is that he gives us people in our lives that can help us. He gives us community. It's the whole point of it. Even when you look at plants, right? The trees along the river, they're all right there. It's not one by itself because they all understand this is the best place to be. Right? Right? You see uh, some trees in remote areas or vines even in remote areas. They almost like look weird because they're kind of like going to where the sun kind of is because they even understand that's where their source of life comes from. So we have this community here and God is the most important place that we want to be every single day, consistently being a part of that vine, being a part of that vine. But also the reality is it is so hard to do this really hard. And so we have people in our lives. I feel safe and secure in my marriage because of the love and the grace and the mercy that I feel for my wife. And while that's a piece of just our relationship, that's also a huge blessing from God. And I want to recognize that that there's a lot of it that is her, but most of it is him. Just in the same way that for my love for her, like way more than the majority, like Almost all of it is is him, not me. We put people in our lives. And so as we kind of think about processing this, we have response time that we do every week. And this is that opportunity to talk to somebody, to start somewhere. Because yes, his grace is enough. And yes, his love is overflowing. And yes, He wants us to be secure in that. But he also understands, he does, more than even all of us together can, that that's hard and that's not easy to do. So I really encourage you, we have a few things that we have the opportunity for in our response. One of those that I can't recommend enough is that we have people at the crosses here and up front that would love to pray with you. People that, by the way, don't have this figured out themselves even. But we want to walk brother to brother, sister to sister in arms doing this together and trying to figure this out together. That's what God has given us community for. But maybe you need to start with the relationship that you have with God. Maybe you've not had that conversation with him before. So maybe as we kind of have the music in response that that kind of kicks in here, maybe it's just you sitting at your seat going, God, figuratively, or if you'd like to, Actually, getting on your knees. Nobody cares. We're all family here. Actually getting on your knees and saying, God, I, I don't feel this. This isn't a truth for me. Can you help me and have it be a truth for me? Can you help me get on that path? And I want to start and I want to stay consistent with it. Maybe that's you in your seat where you are. We also have communion on either side there to recognize the grace and mercy that overflows in this sacrificial act that Jesus did on the cross. That he gives us mercy that we no longer are bound by that death. And that he gives us grace that now we have the gift of eternal life with him. We also have baskets in the back um, for our offering and tithe. If you'd like to do that as a part of your worship, again, not a transaction, not conditional, just simply you recognize that grace and mercy that overflows and that is just a simple response out of it, like we said. So I want to pray for us and I really, really, really encourage you. Talk to God about this. Start your journey walking with somebody. We have... You know, my wife is here that works for Emmaus Ministries. If you want to help understand the Bible more, you can talk to her because that's, you know, something you're like, I want to get in scripture, but I don't understand it. Pastor Tyler will be up here. I'll be up here. Talk to somebody if that is where you are. But if you just want to talk to God, I cannot encourage you enough just to rest and talk to him as David did right where you are. Lord, we're so grateful for your Love, We are grateful for your grace and your mercy and your love that are true, that are absolutely true. But Lord, it is really, really hard sometimes practically with the things that have gone on in our lives as a part of a broken world, as a part of just being a broken person myself. It's hard to fully grasp that sometimes and actually feel secure in the way that you desire for us to. So I pray for each one of us that no matter where we are, that you would just gently and lovingly as you always do reach down and touch our hearts no matter where we are. Help us to understand what the next right step for us is in our own journey with you. We love you and we thank you that you even give us this opportunity. But I pray that you give us the wisdom and the strength to help just walk towards you more and remain a part of the vine. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.